0: Time to Thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology podcast with Dr. Lee Bacham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. One of the real joys of doing this podcast is my opportunity to listen in on amazing people. And the, the wealth of information and the wealth of wisdom that they bring to this. And today we're going to be talking about algorithms and ha- not just algorithms and social media, but really your own algorithm. And what do we need to do about that? And how do we thrive as we're working down this, this whole heroic journey, the, the hero's journey? Um, my guest today is Michael Balshan, and he is the head coach and chief staff of Heroic, which is a public benefit corporation, kind of a different set. Set up for a company, and he's working to help create a world in which 51% of the population is flourishing by the year 2051. So, 51 2051, we'll be talking about that. He's a Harvard trained behavioral economist and a psychologist who spent almost a decade in finance before becoming a sought after performance coach to executives and leadership teams together with his longtime mentor Brian Johnson Michael created a scientifically proven 300-day coach certification program that is trained now over uh, I think 12,000 now individuals from 115 plus countries and he's been in partnership with lots of other digital product agencies and now he's got this new heroic social training platform this app uses the absolute best of behavioral design technology to empower individuals to move from theory, just the ideas, to practice, just getting it going, to mastery and express the best versions of themselves. Now, along the way, Michael has hosted and taught with world-leading experts in ancient wisdom, modern science, peak performance, leadership, behavioral design, productivity, professional coaching, and more. And he's also a top 10 Ironman finisher and has traveled to six of the seven continents. And he lives in Chicago with his wife and two young daughters. So enjoy the same conversation that I enjoyed so much with Michael. Michael, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited. We've already had a little bit of a conversation about where we want to go. But before we jump into lots of great stuff, I'd like to know a little bit about how you got to here. Kind of, I mean, I guess to use a little piece of the app name, your hero journey. (laughs) What got you to here?
1: Yes, the hero's journey. We are all on a hero's journey. And not just one. Like the, the, this is the thing that's often overlooked in the hero's journey. And check out the work of Joseph Campbell. He's a yeah. mythologian who distilled the hero's journey, as well as a documentary Finding Joe. It's an amazing documentary by Pat Solomon. Um, I'll come back to that later and share a little bit more <laughs> about my own. But um we're it's not just one hero's journey. We 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 often miss a step like you go on a journey. And you bring your boon back and then you got to go on the next journey and your next journey and your next journey. And we are never, ever, ever done going on hero's journeys. Not just big meta picture, but literally every single moment of our, of every single day of our life. Like there's always that next hero's journey. You answer the call, you're getting challenged to do something. Can you show up? Can you learn from that? Can you grow? Can you bring it back to the world? So um, I love the hero's journey frame and I love framing it that way. My own Um, multitude of of heroes journeys that led me here. I started out um, in finance my professional career and really wanted to find how do I do this well and how do I also thrive as an individual. So I was um, excited about what I now know to be uh, hedonic goals right these kind of external things that society or parents or pressures has like said this is important get into a good school, get a good job, you know, debt-free, get a good relationship, all of these things that um, were, were milestones for me. And I did those things, got into this good job, finance, like great money, awesome. But I, I realized that I, I wasn't thriving individually or, or saw a lot of folks in that industry who weren't, weren't as successful in other parts in their life as they were at their job. And so I thought, I want to, one, learn about how to be successful in this industry, but also learn how to be successful in the rest of my life. I want to have a great relationship. I want to be a good partner, parent, father, have a good um, physical health, et cetera. And got into a ton of personal development resources I did the book reading thing, speed reading, I talked speed reading courses, read, you know, hundreds of books per year at a spreadsheet to track it all, did all the courses on all the platforms, Coursera, edX, Udemy, free paid across the spectrum. And then I found this teacher, Brian Johnson. Brian had a platform called Optimize, and he took over 600 of the world's best books and distilled into six page PDFs and 20 minute MP3s. And I thought it's going to take me a lifetime to learn all the wisdom I want to, and here's this guy who studied it and condensed it and connected it to other great teachers and traditions. I can just study his stuff and get all this wisdom. The catchphrase was more wisdom and less time, and that's what it did for me. Mm-hmm. So every single day when I rode the bus into work, I'd read one of these philosophers' notes, and I started trying to apply it to my life. And um, I became more energized. I became more productive at work. Started being more connected in my relationships. Um, and started getting asked by a lot of folks. Hey, what are you? What are you doing? You know, it seems like you're really crushing it. What are you actually? Can Can you talk to me? I'd love to have some conversations. Eventually, got into coaching. Um, so started out with leaders, leadership teams, small groups, and um, using all that that wisdom that I learned from Brian, and eventually transitioned out of finance um, into coaching full time, and. Shortly, maybe three years after that, actually partnered up with Brian, um, his organization, Optimize, supported them behind the scenes. And in 2019, when he went to launch a coach certification program, he said, hey, we've been really excited to get you um, more deeply involved and I'd love to help you create and lead this coach certification program with me. So um, he had told folks that I was his best student, I think because I was actually committed to not just reading, but like actually doing You're it doing and something? I was willing yeah. to sh- Yeah, show up day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out um, out of this desire to and appreciation for like life, like life is amazing. I find joy just that we are here having this conversation that I woke up this morning. I literally I've got a target in my app, which I know we'll talk about Says greet life with a smile. But I just feel this deep sense of joy um, and gratitude at, at being able to be conscious, being able to be here, being able to experience the sun and, and the ground and my daughters and my wife and um, wanted to almost like it's, an, like it's an, uh, an orange or something, squeeze as much juice from it as I possibly can in my own life and then try to help other folks who are interested in the same um, to do the same. So joined forces with him to launch the coach certification program. We've had 12,000 coaches from 115 countries go through that program and then in um, early 2020, formed a new organization called Heroic, um, built this social training platform. So took all the things that we knew from the coach certification program, from all the work Brian had done previously, and baked it into an app um, that helps us actually live this stuff day in and day out. So um, it's was a, it been a fun personal journey. Um, I'm still, as I said, every single day, day one, a new hero's journey. I probably stayed in finance longer than, than I should have, according to like my soul's aching me. like I stopped thriving in that role, but I was holding on to it for certain reasons. Um, and I continue to face challenges and obstacles every single day. There's another, another thing that requires me to practice all the tools I have available to me to enter that forest at its darkest point, to enter the unknown, to see how I can come through on the other side, hopefully a little bit stronger, um, and then go back for another cycle. So that may or may not have covered what you were hoping, but um that's a quick backstory
0: yeah, and it's interesting, yeah. I mean, it, um... So many times, we, that hero's journey has always been applied to like a story that has some resolution. You know, it has to get to the end because there has to be the end of the book, there has to be the end of the movie or whatever. For us, it has to be the end of a life. But up until then, we kind of missed the fact that there's ongoing. I used to love reading The Odyssey to my son. I, I think he, he loved it too. And, you know, right when Odysseus thought he was headed home, off to another journey. And that's how it kept going. So you're right. It, it just it's an unfolding uh, journey that each of us undergo. Um, you you mentioned actually. Uh, yeah, if you can hold that. I just
1: want to because this is a really really important thing. I, I think and and I was I had this mindset dominantly in, in previous previous years, and it's still there in little little pieces. But I think one of the lies, one of the the untruths that is spread is that at some point we will we will reach a point at which we no longer have to do hard work mm. there's no longer going to be any uncertainty in our lives we're no longer to experience any pain it's the end of the book right the story has ended close the book and this happily ever after that was achieved at the end like unless it's you know sequel coming soon or whatever that's going to be for forever and i think that it's there's this trap that we can fall into of if i Um, find the right partner, we wouldn't have arguments, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I make enough money at some point, I won't have to work anymore. If I am dialed enough in, in my own mental space, and I've got all the tools, I'm I'm no longer going to feel pain. I'm no longer going to be challenged by life. And if we are willing to embrace that, that's actually not the case. My coach, Phil Stutz, would say, we are never going to be exonerated from pain or uncertainty or the need to do hard work we are never going to be done with that hero's journey that cycle of hero's journeys until as you said the actual end of our life when we're done done and um it's unwise to want to bring that end point forward intentionally yeah. like, I- like let's embrace embrace life for what it is um which which comes with this uncertainty this always constant hero's journey. And then there's a freedom that oh I don't have to be perfect I don't have to complete this once and for all it's a never ending process there's always going to be another opportunity there's always going to be another another wind blowing me off course a la Odyssey to go go explore something else so um, it's a, it's a again I miss this constantly anytime that I'm arguing with with reality Byron Katie style not yeah. loving what is. My wife and I are in an argument. You're going to lose. (laughs) It's like, yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, we shouldn't be having this argument. Like if only, and then it's, wait a minute. Perfect. It is what it is. What do I want to do next? How do I want to use this challenge, opportunity, obstacle as fuel for the future that I want to create rather than um, resisting, ah, my kids are doing this or my parents are doing this or this client just said this or whatever it is. Perfect. What do I want? And now what am I going
0: to do? Yeah, So I'm going to come back to the obstacle thing in a minute, but um, just observationally, I, I had a client, this is years ago, an entrepreneurial client built a business and he came to me and he said, finally, I'm going to sell my business and I'm going to finally have enough money that I don't have to worry about it ever again. And I looked at him and I said, be very cautious about that. And he said, look, I have been waiting for this moment my whole life to ne- just to be able to get up and not have to worry about the day. And I said, be very cautious of that. He sold the company. Got lots of money, more than he could ever spend. And it, it was a year later, he showed up my, my door looking bedraggled at best. And I, I said, so what's up? And he said, I'm miserable. <laughs> and I said, I warned you. And he said, I can't spend the, the money that I have, but I am bored out of my mind. The day starts. I have no challenge. I don't know what to do. And that was his problem. He, got, he believed in the, I'll finally get the easy street and easy street is no fun it's it is it's hedonic hell you know his eudaimonic place was um elsewhere and he just was called and was literally trying to outspend his money i think that if it, he figured if he could finally get down to zero he'd have to do something again so you're you're right so And just to go back, let's talk a little bit about obstacles. How do you take the obstacle? I mean, the obstacle is the way is one of my my favorite books. And so let's talk a little bit about there's an obstacle in life. How do you use that as um, something that becomes not the obstacle, but the challenge that propels you?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, love that book. Love Ryan Holiday. All his great work on stoicism. We've got a note on that, um, which the notes are like, it's not a book summary. It's it's Brian kind of like, these are the big ideas that I really enjoy. And here's why I enjoy them and connect some other ideas. But love Ryan Holiday, um, he's amazing. Love this idea, the obstacle is the way. Um, there's a concept from Nassim Taleb. So Nassim Taleb started as a financial writer, Black Swan. Um, he also write anti-fragile. So this mm-hmm. concept is anti-fragility. Mm-hmm. And if, if we think about, okay, most of us know what fragile is, right? Kick me and i break don't throw the vase out the window like it's going to break it's fragile um when we juxtapose fragility with something like being robust there's like oh i'd much rather be robust than fragile if i'm robust you can kick me i'm not going to break for a while if you kick me long enough or hard enough like eventually i'm going to break so robust is amazing grit is amazing but it's not quite the opposite of fragility anti-fragility is the opposite of fragility and Anti-fragility means the more you kick me, the more challenged I get, the stronger I become. Um, there's a, there's a, a famous quote, wind, wind is neutral, wind blows. The wind extinguishes a candle, but fuels a fire, mm. right? If we're our candles and, and the wind, the challenge comes and we're blown out, sad face. If we are the fire and we're using everything as fuel, then the wind comes and, and we grow brighter, we go stronger as a result from it. So there's the there's the idea of that that's been around for a long, 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 long time. Stoicism, right, is 2,000 plus years old and it's making a, a resurgence now for a reason I and mean, really, really compelling and attractive ideas there. But it starts with the perspective shift. So our physiology will literally change based on how we view a challenge. If we view it as a threat. So um, our physiology is going to get excited anytime that we're facing. It could be a, um, a speech, right? Public speaking is Jerry Seinfeld's got that. That could be like most people would rather be in the casket than deliver the eulogy. Right? Um, or, you know, we just lost our job, or we're about to have that conversation with that attractive person across the room. Like our body is going to say, okay, it's go time here. I need to perform. And it's going to start getting us ready to perform. That um, fight or flight response. And if we view that thing that our body is preparing us for as a threat, then that fight or flight response in our body causes damage. If we view that thing that our body is responding to as a challenge, as an opportunity to, to show up, it literally has a different effect on a cellular level. We are we are, it's you stress, it is good stress. So you mentioned eudaimonia. Eudaimonia comes from the Greek uh, Greek word it means good soul, EU good daimon soul, you stress, good stress. When we experience challenges as challenges, as opportunities for us to show up, versus. If I fail at this, everything is over. I'm, this is this is this is more than like I can possibly handle. Our physiology changes, so just knowing that the perspective that we have to these obstacles, to these challenges, is going to change us physically and mentally is, is a good step one. And then this idea of we've we've hit on it before, but this Byron Katie loving what is right. I can't if I already argue with reality, I lose, but only a hundred percent of the time. You cannot teach a dog to meow or a cat to bark. Um, I like to think about this in terms of a timeline. Past, present, and future, right? Most of us are conscious that we cannot change the past. Rafiki told Simba that, right? With the stick, Pfft, it's in the past. You can't change it, it doesn't matter. Anything that we're experiencing is in the past. Like By the time you hear this word, by the time I say these words, it's in the past tense. There's literally nothing that I can do about it. If I'm experiencing a challenge, if something is um, in front of me that is that is going to challenge me and I have to go through it, there's literally nothing I can do about it. It's in the past. So I can choose, okay, knowing that I can't change this thing as it is right now, how do I want to approach it? How do I want to go through it? And if we think about um, retroactively where we've grown the most, it's often from these challenges. It's often from these conflicts. I've got weights here in the back. I know this is this is just audio, but I've got weights down here. I've actually got a set of styrofoam weights because I have a three and a half year old daughter and a one year old daughter. And they, they, the styrofoam weights are like you know play toys. They can actually lift, but you don't go to a gym to lift styrofoam weights. Like no one, you go to the gym to get stronger, and you get stronger by lifting things that are heavy. It's the same with life. When we are willing to enter that difficult conversation, maybe it goes well maybe it doesn't, but if we learn from it in any ca- in all scenarios, then either it goes well, we get to celebrate, I won. It doesn't go well, we learn from it, we get to celebrate growing and getting better the next time we go through, the next time we go through. Ray Dalio, uh, Bridgewater Associates, one of hundred most wealthy, most influential people on the planet. He's got a five step model for success, right? Like this guy, I trust this guy, he's believable, he's successful. Step two in that model is to fail. Most of us are so afraid of failing, are so afraid of not overcoming that obstacle that we're not willing to get out and try. So if we shift our perspective towards future focused, how can I overcome this? What might be some ways that I overcome this? And even if I don't overcome it this time, how can I learn from it and grow from it such that I'm more prepared the next time and the next time and the next time? And everything that we do becomes an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to grow. And that's how these obstacles, these challenges literally make us stronger. We're rewiring our brains. We're exercising our courage muscles. We're showing up a little bit better, a little bit, little bit better, a little bit stronger day in and day out. And if we, if we take that frame, we actually want Challenges. We want obstacles. We want to get knocked down because, like your your guy who got all that money and then didn't know what to do with himself, he's like, "There's nothing that's challenge. I'm not growing anymore." We have this innate desire and need to grow. Uh, it, and I know I'm just going off here, but if you look at coral reefs out in the ocean, right, um, the side that's protected, like that's that's the, the inside the reef, right? It's not being hit by the ocean currents. If you look at the coral, it's less colorful, it's less less lifeless, it's, it's dull. The side that has to face the currents out in the open ocean is thriving. It's more colorful, it's bigger, it's stronger as a result of needing to embrace these, the tides of, of the ocean, just like we need to embrace the tides of life. So um, it's, a, it's a powerful concept, it's a powerful idea. The key is just adopting that growth mindset, always being outcome-focused going forward rather than criticizing, blaming, shaming, complaining about the way that currently things are. It doesn't mean that we need to actually necessarily not want them to change, right? Like people tend to, if they're saying, oh, I don't want to embrace it. I don't accept it because I actually don't like it. I don't want to be in this job or I don't want to be unemployed or I don't want to be in a relationship that's not thriving, flourishing. Perfect. But don't complain that it is the way that it is. Take action on starting to create the future
0: that you want to to see. When I started uh, jujitsu when I was in, I think I was 51 when I started. And um, there's the first part of it, you know, the first few several months, you're just going to class and learning the technique and that's it. And then they let you roll. And this is at least where I go. Some of the places it out from the beginning. But this place, then you start rolling. And I, I remember one night, this, uh, one of the upper belts um, said, you know, every time that I submit you, you just laugh. W- what's up? And I'm like, because I'm just sitting there going, how did I do that again? You know, <laughs> what did I do that got me that? And he said, he said, usually people get frustrated. I'm like, why should I be frustrated? I've never done this. Why should I know how to do this? You've got like 10 years on me. Why should I know how to do this? And, and the interesting thing is I, I realized along the way I had to struggle to keep that mentality because at some point I was like, I should know how to do this. And instead of going, what went wrong? What do I need to learn here? It's easy to drop into that. And the um, the, the owner said, you know, the people who usually struggle the hardest to learn are the people who have been successful because they feel like if they were successful over here, whatever it is over here, you should be successful everywhere. And you just lose track of the fact that that's just not it. You're in a whole different thing. It became one of those uh, awarenesses I have that, you know, and it's, it's kind of the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset that why should you know how to do something if you've never done it before and why should you think that that's as good as you can get, even if you've been doing it for years, where is the place where you go, Oh, I can do this a little bit better. I can learn a little better. What, what, what gets there. But we, we do that. We, we lose that mindset. And it's funny because
1: um, that's the exact mindset that we need, right? Like that's how we sustain. If I'm successful somewhere, the success is a result of being willing to fail, being willing to learn, being willing to grow. And we, we get confused and think that the outcome of success here should be portable instead of the process of success. And if you learn and recommit to that process of success, the process of success is portable everywhere. And I'm sure you know, we've studied all sorts of different folks, peak performance on the sports field, in the um, entrepreneurial space, in the business space, in a relationship space, it's all process oriented it's all growth mindset oriented. It's all future focus oriented. And it's there's this um, willingness to step back from ourselves almost in a way and like have that laughter like, oh, got pinned again. What did I do? How do I learn from it? How do I grow? Like, oh, lost another whatever, had another child or whatever. Perfect. How can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? Um, being doing our best to not lose in such a way that it takes us out of the game right like but being willing to if it's a big if it's a big hero's journey we're on embrace that as, as one of the potential outcomes um but it's you're absolutely right And that porting over that process of success so so important following the process
0: day in day out the process versus the success i mean that that is such an important distinction i there's another client who had been very successful in one business, thought that he all he had to do was open up another business and it would be as successful as the other. And in some ways, that first one was good fortune and good placement. And it, business after business failed. And he said, you know, I'm realizing that maybe I'm not as skilled as I thought. And so I think I'm just going to stop starting businesses. And I'm like, what have you learned from those failures that you could then go, yeah, I'm not going to fail on this one in that way. I might fail in a different way. I'm not going to fail that way. And it's a a kind of a different orientation to what success really is about, anyway.
1: And it's again, it's it's pernicious in um, all of us have this mindset, I I would say. Like uh, maybe not all the time, at least part of the time. I've been in this space for a long time. I'm sure you've been in this space for a long time. I'm not perfect. I'll go through moments where I'm like, just not at my best. I'm not thriving. And almost every single time that happens one of the common threads is i'm arguing with something i'm arguing with reality yeah. i'm focused on the outcome i'm not focused on the process i'm expecting myself to not need to have challenges anymore yeah. i'm expecting myself to be the first perfect person news flash i'm not going to be you're not going to be none of us are going to be and once we get that there's this there's this lightness that comes there's this loose heartedness that comes that that laughing, getting pinned, and it doesn't mean you enjoy getting pinned over enjoy winning, but it means you can see that as that opportunity to get a little bit better, get a little bit better, reawaken that beginner's mindset,
0: um, that growth mindset, and move forward. Well, and I would take it one step further that it, when I did win, when I did submit somebody, I rarely learned much from it, uh, other than, well, that worked. Yeah, I mean, that that move did work and it didn't increase my skill level that much because what I already had had led to that. And the only places what I that I got better was when I was able to go, okay, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Or they got me. And I would often say, can we go back to right before you submitted me and tell me where I missed it? Um, because I need to know that. For the, It didn't matter. They'd do it again the next time. <laughs> but at least there was a process trying to go. How can I get better in the loss? Um, you know, I've always heard the um, you either uh, win or learn instead of win or lose. You know, win or learn. And mm-hmm. along the way, I went no, it's really you either learn or you learn. I mean, if you think of it as oh, I won, that's a completion instead of it's just another piece of this um, of the process. And we've danced around this for a minute, but process feels something like habits, right? And so I did a little lurking on your blog and there's this article about algorithms and we're hearing in the news about algorithms and social media and all the the problems created in bad algorithms. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about what that means for our own, what is a personal algorithm and um, how can we uh, maybe A, be aware of it? I mean, that's you know that's the whole thing with Elon Musk right now. Let's let's show the algorithm. So how can we be aware of it, and then how can we maybe upgrade our algorithm?
1: Yeah. So I'll take this in two parts. One of which is um, algorithms on a high level and and seeing as it relates to social media technology, etc. And the other one is algorithms on a personal level. So um, going back to Dalio algorithms are that's how he was successful. He combined his knowledge of the markets with algorithms to help him make good decisions. You all know a Harari, um, absolutely brilliant historian, he says algorithms are the language of the 21st century. In today's modern world, we need to understand what an algorithm is. On its most basic structure, an algorithm is something like, if this, then that. If this set of events is present, then this thing will happen. Um, a personal algorithm might be, if I wake up, then I brush my teeth. That basically runs on autopilot for me. I don't have to think about that anymore. If I feel the urge to go to the bathroom, then I go to the bathroom and use the bathroom. My one-year-old daughter doesn't have that algorithm yet. She hasn't yet made that connection between if this urge, then this behavior, right? We have well, to She does that. have a behavior. It's just not she where does. you it's, want it. it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not, yeah.
1: She'll get there. Um yeah. Algorithms are behind technology that's making decisions, right? It's an instruction for making decisions. Mm. So my car drives itself using algorithms. Thank you, Elon Musk, for developing the enhanced autopilot, et cetera. Mm. It's basically looking for the environment and matching if this, then this, if this, then this, if this, then this. Algorithms are behind what we see in social media feeds. Um, Algorithms are neutral. They are not they're not even algorithm technology. They're amazing. They're brilliant. We, we want them, but the algorithm is going to solve what you tell it to solve. So the current social media structure has um, unintended catastrophic consequences of the attention economy. We think the product is free. The social media platform is not the product. We are the product. Mm-hmm. And the actual product is our attention because our attention is the thing that's being sold. Mm-hmm. And when you're writing the algorithms to get as much attention as possible because that's what's driving your financial model, um, then certain things happen where the posts that get the most attention and the most eyeballs for the most amount of time are the ones that get circulated up, whether or not the people who wrote those algorithms wanted that to be the case. I also think it's, it's a lot of these companies, um, the algorithms that are in place, they weren't necessarily seeking to cause harm in the beginning. This is just kind of what happens when you put certain incentives in the system. So being able to see, as Elon taught, like show the algorithm, what makes someone something surface? What makes something not surface? And when we can see, oh, well, of course, if the, the number one most important variable is attention, because it's the attention that drives the ad dollar, it's gonna have different things. Um, Heroic, we are a public benefit corporation. So we have a fiduciary responsibility to make the world a better place, basically. And um, we like to say that we are in the well-being economy, not the attention economy. So you can take all of the, the same tools in social media that we love, apply them to a different outcome that's not hijack attention and drive ad dollars, but help someone flourish, help someone thrive, help someone be the best version of themselves. And we can use this same neutral technology for vastly different purposes. I mean, like, imagine you're, if you are addicted to social media, imagine that that addiction was like the anti-fragility, right? It was a, a fuel for your growth. Every time you reach for your phone, you did something that helped you show up as the best version of yourself. That is a crazy, crazy, crazy powerful thing. And it's something that we've built in the platform. But that's algorithms on a high level, algorithms in terms of social media. We also talk about algorithms in a personal context. We are basically, to use, borrow a Scott Adams phrase, Scott Adams wrote Dilbert, 10,000 plus comic, like just a crazy, crazy prolific guy, first person to overcome, I think it's focal dyslexia or something, there's some sort of disease, no one else had ever overcome it. He's like, I'm going to be the first person to do it. Um, he says, we are moist robots, Right. Our minds are algorithmically driven. Um, An algorithm you might think of as a habit, right? When I walk past the cookie jar on the counter, I eat a cookie. That's not an algorithm that I'm running, although it might have been an algorithm that I, like if I go to my, um, when I was a kid, if I went to my grandpa's house, like, awesome, cookie cookie jar on the counter, that seems fun. Um, I've asked my mom to not make me so many cookies when I go home because I literally have very little willpower when the cookie jar is there in front of me. The algorithm um, is
0: there. You just yeah, it, make sure it doesn't it,
1: get activated. And, you know, we had a great conversation with um, Michelle Seeger, um, who talked about how part of what's happening when, when we make those choices, those in the moment choices, is that our brain is going back in our catalog of experiences that we've had in the past. So it's not just do I want to eat this cookie? Yes or no. But it's like, Talk to me, tell me, brain, about all the the previous times when I've had a cookie. And a lot of those are in joyful celebrations or surrounded by other people. It's, it's going back there's to your a lot grandfather. Positive...
0: I mean, you, yeah, you yeah. named him right there going back to grandfather, the family stuff, your mom stuff. That I remember that tasting good, like it
1: hit all my pleasure circuits, I'm sure. So then we're trying to make this choice in the moment that's outweighed of, of choice versus like a collective history of, of experiences. But these algorithms are running our life. And if we just get a sense of what are the algorithms that are actually running my life and what might I want to run instead, every time I wake up, I brush my teeth, I meditate for 10 minutes. Or every time I um, go to bed, I put my gym shoes out. And when I see my gym shoes in the morning, I put them on and go to the gym or whatever it is. We can rewire our brains. We can rewrite the algorithms that are running our lives. We have a phrase, Use our willpower wisely to install habits that run on autopilot via algorithms, breaking that down. Willpower, willpower exemplars play offense, not defense. They are not buying the cookies and putting them in a jar on the counter and walking by and saying, Don't eat the cookie, don't eat the cookie. They're not buying the cookies at all. They're staying at the store and then they don't have to use their willpower because they used it to play offense and not defense every time that they face something. These habits, these behaviors, these routines that we do that run on our lives um, and, and to write these these patterns, if blank, then blank, if blank, then blank, or when blank, then blank. Um, the social um, behavioral scientists have a lot of really great, and everyone basically says the same thing, installing habits in our algorithms, deleting habits in our algorithms. There's a habit loop, there's a cue, a prompt, something that says, hey, do this, it's a reminder. Then there's the routine that we run, right? If this, then that. And then the final step is celebration or punishment. So if you want to get rid of a, an algorithm that's currently running in your life or get rid of a habit that's currently running in your life, step one, remove the prompt, remove the trigger, remove that cue, aka don't buy the cookies and expect not to eat them um, or whatever you know choice, choice is. Um, to make the behavior harder to do. So perfect. Let's say you bought the cookies, still put them in a suitcase in the garage behind the safe, right? Make it really hard to do the behavior. And then um, step three, if you happen to go through this process and still do it, you run this needs work process. You, You alluded to part of this before what went well, what needs work, How am I going to get better going going forward? What am I going to do differently going forward? If you want to install a new habit, it's the inverse. Make that prompt really, really visible, right? Put the gym shoes on the floor so you trip over them the first thing you wake up. Make the behavior so crazy, simple, small, stupid, easy to do that you can't possibly not do it. Don't say I'm going to work out for 60 minutes every day this month. Say I'm going to do one push-up or squat or burp. I'm not going to floss every single tooth. I'm going to floss one tooth. And of course, Newton's law, an object in motion stays in motion. Once we start to do the behavior, odds are we'll continue to do the behavior. But we want to be willing to celebrate that tiny, tiny action. And then step three is celebrate. The celebration is probably the most underplayed, like being willing to celebrate every single time we do something. Imagine like you scored the winning goal for the World Cup right? Just, I'm thinking about that. My body's like, oh, this is amazing. Creating that sense of joy in your body. Um, every single time we do something that's in alignment line with who we say we want to be. So I meditate, I celebrate the, yes, my brain starts to think, oh, that felt good. I like that celebration. What led that, to that? Oh, meditating or working out or flossing that tooth or hugging my partner or responding to a bid for my kid or whatever it was. We want to Use celebration as a weapon to rewire the algorithms that are running in our life.
0: That's great. I mean, and the celebration is almost creates that. So you were talking with the cookies, you know, remembering being at your grandfather's and your mom cooking them all that, that, that lineage of good feelings is what you're actually creating purposely rather than it just happened because back then they gave you a cookie and it was warm and cozy at their house and whatever else you're you're building that in you're you're basically taking the more recent parts of your brain to set that up for your more primitive part of your brain to go oh yeah that
1: yeah the primitive part of our brain is frigging genius it is brilliant it runs most of the show we we are evolved species right But the part of our brain that's most evolved is actually for many of us not making most of the decisions. Uh, It's something much, much deeper, something
0: much, much more ancient. It's that driver on the elephant. Yeah. The driver on the elephant is the image that often, (laughs) the elephant's going to go where it wants to go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so when you combine ancient intelligence, your basal ganglia, this part of your brain that just works on autopilot with Uh, artificial intelligence, aka algorithms, combine those two, you become a really powerful force. Being aware, okay, what are the the things that I'm doing that make me generally feel great, help me thrive? What are the things that I'm doing that are not helping me thrive? And can I do more of the first, celebrate every time, and do less of the second? Create some structure such that that algorithm is not running the show anymore. I don't, respond if i'm going to be late for something i don't respond by getting stressed at the fact that i'm going to be late for something i recognize okay perfect i'd like to be on time but let me take a deep breath let me try to show up not flustered right and just like perfect it is what it is
0: So um, as we're kind of getting near the end here, this has all been very good, but there's a way that somebody can kind of bring this into their everyday life and that you've talked about it here, Heroic, the app. Talk a little bit about that and how people can find it.
1: Yeah, so um, Heroic is a social training platform. Um, We released the training platform in early April. The social elements are coming in October the heart of the app is helping us to actually move from theory to practice to mastery. Most of us know what we could be doing, right? Most of us know like, oh, if I did these things, I'd be awesome. And the challenge is in actually doing them. So we work with one of the world's best, if not the world's best product design firms to create technology that helps us to do the things that we know are best for us. In the morning, we'll invite you to commit to who you are, as the best version of yourself, in energy, in work, and in love. We call it our big three. If you get your energy right, your work right, and your love right, you're more than 90% of the way to like getting your life right. Um, So energy, work, and love. Commit to who you are as the best version of yourself. The virtues you want to embody as that best version of yourself. Maybe you're present, kind, connected, genuine, generous, encouraging. And then what specifically you're going to do today to live in alignment with that best version of yourself. habit tracking for heroes. You commit every single morning, recommit every single morning because you have to make that commitment every single day. Yep. This is how I want to show up. Yep. This is how I want to show up. Yep. Another hero's journey. Yep. Another brand new day. This is how I want to show up today. And then throughout the course of the day, after you actually do those things that you've committed to in the morning, because you've reminded yourself, yes, this is who I want to be, how I want to show up and what I want to do. You come back to the app and you, you celebrate. So we have built a it's like a swipe gesture. It's like pulling a bow back and then releasing an arrow. And there's this dopamine inducing cell, but I'm addicted to it. I'm literally like, oh, I love this. And it's addiction in the most positive sense, because having set up my protocol in the app, having said what I want to do throughout the course of my day, I'm literally looking for opportunities to do what I said I wanted to do. If I want to respond to a bid from my child and she says, Hey, Dada, I'll say, Yes, what can I do for you? Because I, I told myself, it's important for me to respond to those bids and then I'll go celebrate it in the app. So we're taking all of these habit formation science and the science of thriving, the science of expressing the best for ourselves, building it into a platform that, that helps us do that, that makes it fun to do that. Um, and we're fired up about it. The, the early research is really, really, really promising. Um, the anecdotal evidence is really, really promising. We want to help create a world in which 51% of the population is flourishing by the year 2051. Goal uh, borrowed from the positive psychology movement, and we think that it happens one person at a time, together today. So each and every single one of us, can we show up as the best versions of ourselves? Can we thrive in our energy, in our work, in our love, and can we commit to doing that? Not someday, not next week, not once I have sold my business and made so much money I never have to work again, but today. So what do you have to have to do the app? What's it require? Yes. So anyone at any point at any age can do this. And my three and a half year old daughter is on the app. You can find it at heroic.us or search. um, We're currently on iOS. If you search heroic, the Android release is coming out early June. So depending on when this gets released, um, it may or may not be at not May or may not be out on Android, but if you search the iOS app store for Heroic or go to Heroic.us, you can download the app. There's instructions there. We've also got a free training. Um, So this practice is amazing on the app, and you also don't need the app to do it. If you go to Heroic.us, you can check out a free training. I'll walk you through um, how to do it. And then if, you know, I mentioned the Philosopher's Notes earlier. Um, That platform used to be a paid product. Again, it was my favorite personal development resource. I paid for it for a long time. Heroic acquired it and made it available for free. So you can get 600 plus philosophers notes, those um, six page PDFs breaking down the big ideas from the world's best books, as well as a thousand three to five minute micro lesson. We call them optimized plus ones and 50 optimal living one-on-one classes, which cover things like productivity one-on-one, purpose one-on-one, leadership one-on-one, eating, moving, sleeping, conquering depression, conquering anxiety, conquering procrastination. The list goes on. All that's available for free also at heroic.us, um, it's, it's an incredible, and my life changed with this resource that is now available 100% for free, so we are really committed to this goal of 51-2051, we want to do everything that we can to um, give people the tools and the resources that they need to show up more empowered, express the best, most heroic versions of themselves.
0: Okay. So the starting point heroic.us is that's the, yep. that's the place for it. We'll have a, a link to that, but um, th- there's been so much here. That's been helpful. So uh, thank you for your time and, and all of the resources y'all bringing together. Um, you know, I'm always waiting for that. Oh, and you just have to pay this to get it and and your, you know, the mission is there. So um, what a rich possibility for people. Thanks. Thanks for sharing and, and thanks for showing up here.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I'll say if, if, Almost every single thing I said, if not every single thing I said, you'll be able to find more con more resources in that, in that free resource. So just literally search X title and like you'll get you'll get some additional resources. But this has been an absolute pleasure, a fantastic conversation. Um, I love the the laughing when you get pinned story. I might um, <laughs> it's gonna give me
0: joy when I get pinned my life. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: laugh. I'm gonna say,
0: Lee laughs. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah, you laugh a long time when you start that. (laughs) There's a lot of pins. (laughs) All right, Michael, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Lee. You've been listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thriveology.com or at ThriveologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.